Hello, my name is Laura Rupel, and welcome back to the Detours in Music podcast. Today, I'm happy to bring an interview with Evan Blomberg, a violinist from the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra. I hope you enjoy. Hello, my name is Evan Blomberg, and I'm a violinist, and I currently play in the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra and Pops, and I'm also the founder and director of the Soli Music Society. And how long have you been with Cincinnati? So I've been in the symphony since the fall of 2019. So I guess this is my fourth season. I think fourth season yeah, would that yeah. be? Yeah. With a little interruption of pandemic. <laughs> yeah, it's always hard to keep track because the I had two seasons where it was kind of like a we didn't know what was going to happen. We mm-hmm. were playing maybe a couple concerts a month, if even. So yeah. yeah, that feels like a little bit of a black hole in time, but... Wow. But yeah. Um, well, I'm curious to hear about your start in music. Did you start on the violin? Yeah, so I started just before I turned three. And my sister actually, my older sister, she's three years older than me. She started playing the violin first. And as any younger sibling does, I wanted to copy everything she did all the time. So I would pick up things and imitate her. So my mom, she, she played piano, but she decided that she'd start me on violin lessons too. So we both kind of started around the same time. That's so young. It's, yeah. I also played violin as a kid and I started when I was eight, which mm-hmm. sounds young, but I remember as an eight-year-old being insecure that I was so much older than like yeah. everyone else that was starting. So it's, I mean, did you start on like a styrofoam thing? It was a little macaroni box and my mm-hmm. mom had taped a ruler to it. And I think I used like a chopstick or something as the bow. Wild. So. <laughs> Wild like that we do violin. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then as you progressed in violin, when was there a switch for you that you thought, oh, I want to do this as a career? Throughout all of the years that I studied, my sister and I studied, we we took it pretty seriously, but we never really considered it as a career option until maybe like middle school. And that's where I also started to think more seriously about what you want to do, especially when you start to think about, okay, what classes am I going to take in high school? And what path do I kind of want to start to follow? But I, I came, I was at this point where I had to start deciding between, do I want to take extracurricular courses after school? Or do I want to practice and take violin lessons and do orchestra? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of at that split in time that I thought, well, I enjoy music much more than all of the other academic stuff. So I think this is really what I want to do. So that's kind of where I think I I made that decision to start pursuing it professionally. Yeah. And where did you grow up? I grew up in the Bay Area in California. Do you think that was an area that kind of cultivated part of this too in the music scene? I know some people grow up in areas where pursuing music is like no one's ever done it. No one even knows that that's Mm -hmm. an option. So what do you think? Yeah, I was very lucky, I think, because we had a lot of youth orchestras and programs. There was also the San Francisco Conservatory had a prep division. So I was part of that for several years. Mm -hmm. And our schools, the school district that I grew up in basically had music classes for every single grade. So I had music every year Mm-hmm. all the time in school. So I, I think I was really lucky to have that environment. Cool. When you decided to go to college, where did you attend and what were some of your reasons for that? So when I I actually 
went to high school for like a week and then I dropped out <laughs> because it was so difficult to balance both music and academics at least for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I decided I really wanted to pursue music and I just wanted to like cut, get straight to it. So I, yeah. I took a year off. I did homeschool and I studied for um, like just a, it's called the Caspi test in California, which is basically like a high school equivalent. And then that allowed me to apply to schools in California, college level schools. So mm -hmm. I applied to the Colburn school in Los Angeles and I had a trial lesson with the violin professor there, Robert Lipset, and we were a great fit. I, I think I might have had two lessons, I think, with him before the audition process. And he kind of coached me through what I need to prepare, what I need to bring to the audition. And then I got in. So that was my I stayed there for six years. I did my bachelor's degree there and then an artist diploma. Degree. And was that starting at like 15? Yeah, so I was 15 oh when I went there. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was like, what do you mean you didn't go to? Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, that's a detour, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you just, do you feel like you just really knew yourself well and were like your family was all supportive of that step? Yeah, I'm very thankful that they were supportive of that because I know as parents, I'm sure to think about your kid dropping out, <laughs> dropping out of high school is like, oh my God, <laughs> what a about the future? But but yeah, I mean, it was something that I I was so sure at the time and really committed to wanting to have a career in music. My parents were very supportive and it was such a great environment also to to start that journey at such a young age because everybody, it's a small school, I think maybe about 100 students total, average, and they it's room and board, they provide room and board and everything happens on campus. It's a small campus. So it was kind of a very safe environment versus yeah. going to like a university or something at 15. Right. I think that would have been very different. Right. But having that that environment and that structure and to be able to just commit everything to music was really great for me. Wow. What were some things you struggled with during your time at Colburn? Ooh, that's a tough question. <laughs> I think just the growth process and uh, being around so many talented young people also you everybody has a different path and when you're at an age where everything is new you're constantly comparing yourself to other people like oh this person just got this thing or this person decided to pursue this and oh, what about me I don't know what I want to do yet or because <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we have so many options when when we're starting to think about having a career in music there's the recording industry there's mm -hmm. orchestra there's competitions mm -hmm. there are people who like to do recitals or people who want to play in front of an orchestra all the time. So it's a, it's a lot to consider. And when you're young, you want to prepare for all of it. So I think that was probably one of the biggest challenges is kind of finding an area that I felt good about both personally and my, I felt like my skills were suited to, towards that, suited for that, suited towards that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When did that kind of click in for you to be an orchestral musician then? I just really enjoy playing with other people. So I think that's kind of just to have this big group of people that are playing music together. That was the environment that I enjoyed a lot. So orchestra, also chamber music, of course, right, right. that's a lot of fun. We did have a school orchestra, but we didn't perform that often just because it's a small school. So there was only one. 
Mm-hmm. But but anytime we did have a school orchestra performance, it was so much fun. We would spend like two weeks rehearsing. Everybody was so excited mm-hmm. for the concerts, and it's just such a nice way to share music with a bunch of other people. Right. Um, have you thought about what you would be doing if life didn't end up the way it did, and if you were not a musician? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> If I was not a musician, um, that's a very tough question. Yeah, it's a scary one. <laughs> yeah. I guess because what what I do is something that I enjoy, my first mm-hmm. instinct is to go towards other things I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I love cooking and baking. <laughs> and I always thought maybe if I didn't do music, I would have gone to like culinary school or something like that. Has your career focus changed? I know your location has changed a lot. Um, so I'm just curious to hear about how all those steps kind of came to be. Mm-hmm. So I started in, I guess, professionally, I started in Los Angeles, because that's where I decided to go to music school. Mm-hmm. And then from there, after six years there, I went to New York, and I studied with Pinkett Zuckerman at the Manhattan School of Music. And then after that, I moved to London in -hmm. England and I was freelancing with some of the orchestras there. I won a couple jobs, uh, one with the London Philharmonic. I won an audition there and I was on trial. And then I also won a position with the Philharmonia Orchestra and I was, or I won the audition for the Philharmonia Orchestra and I was on trial there as well. Spent a couple years in London. The work environment in an orchestra at least, I don't know about other European orchestras, but in London, it was very difficult for me mm-hmm. because I was away from all my family and friends. And it's just a different pace of life there too. And they do a lot of touring. They are performing constantly and it's mm-hmm. great. It's so exciting. And I got to learn a lot of repertoire and work with a lot of great musicians. But I think because I grew up in this country, it's just, it feels like home to me. So Mm -hmm. that's when I auditioned for Cincinnati. And I was so excited when I won the job. And I remember my meeting with Paul at the time, who was working in the office and signing Mm -hmm. my contract. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is like a dream come true. Thank you so much. And (laughs) did you feel like being in Europe? Um, do you feel like they have more kind of hustle when it comes to performing and touring? Yeah, I think they do. And I think it's just because it's easier to get around. Our, yeah. The U.S. is just so big. If we want to go to another city to perform, it's like a whole <laughs> big production. Mm-hmm. For them, it's just like, oh, yeah, just, you know, hop across, go to the country next door and <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll just okay. do a quick concert there. And for example, we did a I remember doing a concert in Paris. And we had gone there and come back in the same day, basically. (laughs) It was crazy how easy it is to get around. Can you talk about your chamber music career and how that's also expanded to today? Mm -hmm. Chamber music is something that I think everyone has experienced and everybody gets something out of it. It's such a valuable thing to do as a musician. So I... I've always tried to seek out opportunities to do it, whether it's just playing with friends or finding people in the orchestra who just want to play together. And I think a lot of chamber music 
is helpful in developing skills as a musician. It's communication and being able to, even just technically being able to figure out how parts work together and rehearsing and that sort of thing. Um, but I also just really love it because it's fun to be able to feel creative and involved. So I, when I was in London, I started a duo with one of my friends from Colburn. Her name is Natalie Helm. She's a cellist. Mm-hmm. And basically we just did it as like a passion project. We would just meet up in different cities, pick some repertoire to play, and then just find performance opportunities. Because at the time in London, it was very difficult to do any sort of chamber music because everyone's busy all the time and mm-hmm. the schedule was just really hard. And then when I came to Cincinnati and settled here, there there were a lot of people in the orchestra who also love to do sh- chamber music. And there are so many great opportunities especially since the community loves to hear music, Mm -hmm. it feels like. There's Mm -hmm. such a strong passion for music in this city, which is Mm -hmm. so great. And I wanted to do more of that as well. So I started this, um, I started working on this project last year called the Soli Music Society. And it's basically just a way for musicians who love to perform to find opportunities to perform. And it might not be on a large concert stage in front of thousands of people maybe it's just for a room full of 20 kids or maybe just a small recital space for an audience of 50 but Mm -hmm. it's something that I really enjoy doing and I think chamber music is just such an important thing to to keep keep up right I also see kind of on your social media like you're doing competitions you're always it -hmm. seems like you're always doing things outside of even just playing in the CSO, which is clearly a a Mm full-time job. Um, Do you have advice for people who want to keep keep themselves up, I guess, or things that you do that help make all that possible? Yeah. (laughs) That also kind of started during the pandemic because Mm -hmm. as a section player, when everyone was, um, what was the word that they used? like the social distancing on stage, our sections were reduced so much that there were times I would go weeks without playing. Mm. And I found that very difficult. I found it very difficult to stay motivated and keep practicing when I have these long stretches of time with nothing to do. So that's kind of when I started doing recordings at home. And then as I did the recordings, I thought, oh, well, there's a there are many competitions now that are going digital. So Mm -hmm. I can use these recordings and kind of start to set little goals for myself. Like maybe I want to apply to this thing. So, okay, that gives me a month to prepare this. And it like unknowingly just became a way for me to kind of hold myself accountable. Right, Right. So that, and I just really enjoy being able to set my own goals and kind of work towards those in addition to CSO, which mm-hmm. is great, but I, it's kind of hard to stay motivated when I, I don't feel involved in mm-hmm. something creatively. So that was kind of one way to keep, keep the fire. Yeah, <laughs> no, that makes so. total sense. What are some of your goals right now? Goals with the Soli Music Society would be to help kind of expand throughout the city and get more people involved in music. And that was also another part of my vision was trying to bring people who are not as familiar with 
classical music into performances and maybe they will come to music hall at some point to see a symphony concert yeah. but but i i have met i've met many people who love music but have never come to a classical music concert and so i had started inviting them to these little chamber music concerts i were do i was doing mm -hmm. and they like loved it it's it was like seeing a jazz concert or something you could see them like bobbing mm -hmm. their head or like mm -hmm. tapping their feet they just absolutely love it so it's not like classical music is hard to process or mm -hmm. hard to understand I think anyone can enjoy it and I just want to be able to try to sh bring more people in and share classical music with more people right even like you said like making it to the concert hall with the symphony doesn't even have to be the goal it can just be exposure mm -hmm. and you know if it's more people listening to classical music on Spotify like that's still yeah. <laughs> still helps us in the long run too yeah especially with kids i found because sometimes even just seeing a performer live up close within like five or six feet of them mm -hmm. they will go home and start asking their parents for lessons and maybe if the parents can't get an instrument or don't want to invest in lessons maybe they will at least bring them to another concert and then maybe someday when that kid grows up they'll give their kids lessons mm -hmm. or bring them to concerts and it, it trickles down in so many ways and a lot of the ways we won't even begin to think about but right. I think in the long run it's just a really great thing to try to get more people involved. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Evan. It was very interesting to hear about what she's passionate about and how even at such a young age she was willing to sacrifice so much and make no compromises in terms of her education and really has followed the violin to beyond, to across the pond, to back here and now in Cincinnati. And it was very cool to hear about her passions. And I hope that we're all a little bit inspired to do what we can to promote classical music and reach out to communities that are not hearing it as frequently. Thank you for listening and I hope you catch the next one. Mm -hmm.